Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time of day it is when you might be able to hear this. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. And here we are in today's edition, episode 191 of our Bible Bites series, where we daily are reading the Word of God and seeing what He might speak to us and making comments on those, um, on these scriptures that we read. And so my reading for today is found in Psalm 133 through 139. So it's several. Here again, many of them are um, much shorter chapters. So let's let's go forward into this. In Psalm 133, this is the 14th song of ascent. There are 15 of them, so that we're still in those for uh, these couple of first chapters here today. The author for this one is listed to be David. And I love how this psalm, it's short, but it's very sweet. It's talking about the blessing of unity. He gives a couple of analogies of the blessing of unity. And, beloved, unity is being gathered and assembled together unitedly. In other words, as one person or in unison, all together, the same purpose, the same uh, mentality, the same passion. That's what it's talking about here. It's similar to in Acts chapter 2 when it says they were all in one accord with one passion, like-minded and gathered together unitedly. So the first, he gives two comparisons. The first one is the anointing of Aaron, which would occur as priest when he was consecrated to serve as priest and how precious that was, how sweet of a day, how special that was. And the second one is the dew that falls from Mount Hermon. Now, you have to understand a little bit about Israel to understand this. Mount Hermon is the highest elevation in in the land of Israel, and it's also, it's right on the border with Syria and Lebanon, and so there's parts of Mount Hermon that, that uh, I guess, are part of their country as well. But Mount Hermon is where the rain and the snow, because it has a lot of snow much of the year, actually, and that will melt and that will run down into um, the uh, Banias, I think it is, and then it forms into the Jordan River. It flows into the Jordan River all the way down to the Dead Sea. And it is one of the primary sources of water. It provides that for the land of Israel and for the Jewish people. And so it's talking about the life-giving source or supply of water to the people. And it's beautiful that he correlates the blessing of unity with these two things, the anointing oil flowing down on Aaron and the life-giving water flowing from Mount Hermon. It's a beautiful thing. And also there's prophetic elements in it too um, because it talks about from uh, Mount Hermon, I believe it is, the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore. There's a whole lot more to that uh, teaching and so forth, but I believe it it connects with the Mount of Transfiguration um, and that that was... I believe the mountain that that occurred on. And that's another teaching for another time. In chapter 134, this is the 15th and the last song of ascent. And the author here is not named. It does give a call for the priests and the Levites, those who stand in the temple each, each day and each night. 
after the evening services to stand with hands lifted up and bless the Lord who is the creator of life. In Psalm 135, this one again, the author is not listed for us. But I love in verse 4, it says this, For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel for his special treasure. And that was true of the Jewish people, and still is. It still is. However, it's expanded now in the New Testament to all believers, all of those who are of faith, because we are also considered, according to Paul in Galatians chapter 3, the seed of Abraham as well because of faith in Jesus Christ. So this extends to us as well, beloved. We also are chosen to be God's special treasures. In chapter 136, the author here is not named either, but this psalm is known as the Great Hallel. In other words, it's a finale that ends the Hallel Psalms, so to speak. It's, it, you can go through and read the entire psalm. It's probably the longest one we have today. But when you read through it, and, and please do read it, the theme, you will find the overarching theme of that psalm called the Great Hallel is praise to God for his mercies endure forever. That's repeated over and over and over, and that's the arching theme there. This would have been sung or chanted at the end of at the conclusion of Passover, even in the temple by the Levites and the priests at the Passover. <clears throat> and it was like a responsive reading where the people could respond back for his mercy endures forever. And then the cantor or the leader there would, you know, maybe read the, the other part of the verse and the people would resound with for his mercy endures forever. And so the theme there is extolling God for his mercy. Chapter 137, the author is not named. However, this psalm clearly indicates to us that the author who wrote this one was someone who had been through the Babylonian captivity and was recounting their experience there and how it was difficult for them how they lamented the fact of what had happened into their beloved Jerusalem. And they were lamenting being there in a foreign land and yet being asked to sing songs as if everything was okay. And so you feel, you feel that. You hear their heart in this psalm. And it was someone that had come through the Babylonian captivity, possibly Ezra. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. It's not named. But it was someone that was... Um, a survivor, one, one of those who had returned, perhaps, from the Babylonian captivity. In chapter 138, the author here is listed for us as David. I want to read verse 1. We're going to be closing pretty soon here. I want to read verse 1. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods or the peoples, it may be uh, better translated, I will sing praises to you. David is talking here about wholehearted and sincere worship. And I just want to challenge us all. Let us remember that. Let's don't just sing songs to God and offer up praises from our lips that truly are not meant from deep within our heart. God prefers wholehearted and sincere worship. That means more to him 
than perfection or the way it sounds or anything else. He wants it to be genuine from deep within us. In verse 2, also at the end of that verse, David is, uh, I mean, the yeah, David is, I'm sorry. The author is saying that he magnified, God has magnified his word above his name. And that's how highly God thinks of it. To magnify it was talking about how he's made it large. He promotes it, makes it great, and, and increases its seat of honor and its position. Not, it, even when you look at above his name, it's not so much above his name, but that above can also mean according to or on behalf of or on the ground of his name. So there's a connection of the two, but that's how deeply God thinks of his word. My question to us is, is the word of God prominent to us? Does his word hold a sincere place of honor in our lives? In verse 8, I love it how it talks about the Lord perfecting what concerns us. Beloved, every one of us are works in progress. None of us are complete yet. None of us are perfect in any way. But God sees us where we are, and he does not depart or abandon us. He does not forsake his work. And that work includes you and I. We are works in progress. Chapter 139. This author is listed for us as David, and this was a psalm to the chief musician as well. In the first few verses, David is extolling God's intimate knowledge and acquaintance with us and how these things are so high and wonderful for him. In the next set of verses, he extols how God constantly has his eye on us and sees us and knows where we are, no matter where we are. We are never out of God's sight nor out of his care. In verse 13 through 18, this is a, a particularly familiar passage, and it speaks of God's creation of us, the intricacies of how much he thought about us, how he formed us. Beloved, if you struggle with any form of low self-esteem, read and reread and reread and meditate and memorize these verses, Psalm 139, verse 13 through 18. It can set you free and help you to see the value that you are to God and how beautifully he crafted you, how much of a beautiful plan he has for you, and how sweet are his thoughts towards you. And then lastly, in the very last of the verse, do we give God permission, as David did here in verse 23 and 24, for God to search us when he searches us, yes, he may find things to correct and to speak to us about, but it is always for our good. He will search us. He will free us from things that we don't need to be a part of or that are harmful to us. And he will cleanse us and he will make us new and bring us into the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. So, hallelujah, I pray this has been a blessing to you. Lord willing. We will return again with more episodes of Bible Bites. We hope you can join us, and may God bless you today. In Jesus' name.